Welcome to Wax About It, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes of the waxing industry. As a professional waxing esthetician and entrepreneur, I'm here to share with you all the juicy stories, insider tips, and real life experiences that come with running a waxing business. Whether you're looking to start your own waxing business, expand your existing one, or simply want to learn more about the industry, Wax About It is the podcast for you. Join us as we chat about all things waxing. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Wax About It podcast. I'm your host, Asha Marie. The year is 2024. The month is January. The weather, at least where I'm at, is cold and the wax is hot. Thanks for tuning in. I'm so happy that you are willing to spend these next few minutes with me. And for this first episode of the year, I have a special surprise for you all. We're kicking off with a collab. We have a crossover episode coming straight at you. And I'm really excited because this guest is somebody who I've been following for a while. And I've been wanting to chat with her and mingle with her. So without further ado, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. She also has a podcast. I won't tease you. I won't string you along. I'm just going to get down to the nitty gritty because we did talk about a lot of stuff. So here it is. I'm chatting with Drumroll, please. Michaela Lewis, aka the waxing esthetician on Instagram. She is the podcast host of the Waxing Table podcast. She has a business called Ari Beauty Studio in Lubbock, Texas. She's an esthetician. And like me, which is one of the things I love about her, she is really into empowerment and self-care. And she doesn't just talk the talk. She's walking the walk. Without further ado, y'all, let's get into this conversation. I hope that you enjoy it. Let me know what you think. You're here on the Wax About It podcast, but I do want everyone to know that Michaela is the brains behind the Waxing Table podcast. So if you haven't tuned in, it's another podcast that focuses on the waxing industry, the solo esthetician and waxologist, and just some of the things that we kind of think about and go through. So if you haven't tuned in, I highly, highly recommend it. You might learn a thing or two. So, Well, thank you so much for mentioning the podcast. I appreciate that. So yeah, the Waxing Table podcast is entering into its third season and I'm very excited. So if you have not heard about me already, go ahead and tune in and I look forward to sharing with you. Yay! <laughs> okay. <laughs> awesome. I want to talk about your journey as an esthetician, as a waxologist, I know that your Instagram is popping and I can't remember how I found you, but I filmed across your page and I was like, "Ooh, okay, okay. And then I saw you had the podcast and I was like, oh, wow, this is definitely somebody who I need to know and follow. So that's how I found you and came across you. But I wanted to know what your journey was like from the time you got licensed up to now you are a successful solo waxologist. Yes. So I'm a licensed esthetician. I've been licensed. I'm going into my sixth year now. So 2024 springtime will be my six years. I've been in business for four years now. So that's really exciting. And my journey actually into aesthetics was really interesting. I actually talked about it on my podcast. So, but long story short, I 
learned about it through, well, I got my interest peaked when I joined Mary Kay. So I joined Mary Kay and it interested me like in skincare and all these kind of things. They taught me like super like basic level. And then I was like, what is this skin thing? I want to like learn more about it. So I did research and I was like, oh my gosh, there's a whole entire industry. So I went to school in 2017 and I did not look back. I was so sure that I wanted to be an esthetician. And during that time, I was coming out of a really tough postpartum depression after having my daughter. So I was really just trying to find something that I felt really spoke to me. So yeah, that's that's really how I learned about aesthetics. And that's how I landed into esthetician, being an esthetician. <laughs> awesome. That sounds really, really inspiring because I know a lot of women, well, I know a lot of career women who have gone through that and women in general. I mean, postpartum depression is no no joke. In At every- all. All right. So you found your calling. You felt like you found what spoke to you and you dove in and went for it. You went to beauty school. Now, something I wanted to ask you about being a Black woman is when you were in school, did you feel like you noticed anything about the material that felt like there was something missing for women of color? You know what? Yes. And of course, like I didn't realize it at the time because you're just learning. You don't really know anything. But it's crazy because the Milady book, so the Milady Esthetician book is a black woman, a beautiful black woman on there. So when I first saw the book, I was like, yeah, it's okay. We're going to be learning stuff. We're going to be learning stuff. (laughs) Exactly. So I was really excited for that. But as we, you know, got along in school and as we like went through the the course it was really basic it was just training but there was no real emphasis on like skin of color or anything in school I remember they told us that we couldn't use like glycolic acid or it was another I think it was like a TCA peel or something that they had there they were just saying that like we cannot use certain things and I was just like okay well I guess not you know and I kind of felt like hmm I wonder why, like, I wonder why they don't go into why we, why not? (laughs) You know, if they're saying like, I can't use it, tell me why, like what's wrong? So yeah, like it was super disappointing as far as that goes, the the women, like the skin of color. I remember also I had like a friend in school who was really trying to learn the aesthetics portion. She was studying the cosmetology side, but she really wanted to learn like the skin and everything like that. And she's a woman of color, but they really didn't give her the attention that she was asking for. It was super obvious. At least I noticed it. <laughs> All the minorities I feel like noticed it, but it was a challenge. I will I will definitely say I feel like I had to work a little bit extra harder to like get questions answered, which is really sad. It's so sad people. We go to school to learn and like the education is really not well-rounded in my opinion. I so. think that is definitely base level for sure. And I quickly learned after I graduated that a lot of the learning is A, hands-on, and B, yes. it's continued education all the time, not just when Absolutely. you need to update your license. And then once you start doing something like waxing, I know that for my school, we only focus on soft wax. So mm. I wanted to work for another company, European Wax Center. I realized, oh, wow, I'm glad they have their own in-house training because I don't know anything about hard wax. I didn't even like it at first, but now I love it and I'll never go back. I don't think I'll ever go back to soft wax, but it's just like that gap that you don't even know exists until you're like, you're out in the real world. And it's like, oh, wow, I actually yeah. don't know <laughs> a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I can kind of see that, like, I think with anything, with any industry, 
you really learn more on the job. Like you really just learn more hands-on and I get it. They can't teach us everything in beauty school. You know, it's such a tight window to teach everything. So I totally get that aspect of it too. One of the things that stuck with me with waxing at European Wax Center though, was even though I did learn how to wax with hard wax, I still noticed that it was the same method for all skin types. And, you know, as you know, like with different women or what, depending on their ethnicity or their hair texture, that the method has to change a little bit because you can't just do the same exact direction with everybody's hair, especially if it's more kinky or coily or thick. So that's something that I felt like was really, really lacking in in school as well. And they should definitely incorporate that. (laughs) I agree. I totally agree. I wanted to learn more about your growth as a Black woman in business. But from what we talked about before, you mentioned that it's a smaller town and it's not as diverse as like a Austin is or Dallas is. Yeah. So I'm in Lubbock, <laughs> Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's a college town and it's, it's where Texas Tech University, okay. anyone knows where that is. It's like West. So it's like five hours from Dallas, like going West towards New Mexico and it's kind of bordering Oklahoma, things like that. So, but yeah, like the diversity out here is very obvious in my opinion. (laughs) And so as a black esthetician in Lubbock, I will say it is challenging. And I do think I do have to work a little extra harder. I feel like in my skills and really kind of just be on, be on point with my education and training, just because it's just hard out here. It just really is. The, the, the Black community is not that it's lacking necessarily, but it's it's just a lot smaller. So, yeah. but I do appreciate that. What I've come to find is that a lot of people, especially if you're in college, they come from bigger towns, bigger cities, and they're coming to school and they're looking for beauty services. They're looking for a place to get their waxing done, you know, their brows, their self-care needs. And I do feel like a lot of minorities are looking for me. So I am seeing the need for me here and I appreciate that. I'm like, so yeah, I'm seeing the need in that. And I, I chose to take on the challenge in the mindset of like, Hey, like there's a space for the black community here. We deserve self-care. We deserve all the things. So why not? So it is a challenge, but I I am truly, I'm in this place where I'm like thankful that like I actually see the need for like yeah. my services, you know, if that makes sense. It does. It, t- it totally does. Because I, I would imagine that helps you stand out even more. And being on the other side of that, does that even give you an idea of how to make yourself more visible so they don't have to dig for you? Is there like a directory or like something that you can <laughs> <up> <laughs> Right. So I really made it a point to make myself visible. So I'm on Google. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I'm on TikTok. I use all the hashtags that have to do with my city. Lubbock, like I even do like Lubbock hair, Lubbock nails. Like I do all the hashtags in every like industry here. Yeah. So that I, yeah, so that I'm popping up and people, yeah. whenever I ask a new client if how they found me is either one of those platforms. So I'm like, okay, it's working. So good. <laughs> yes. Yes. Whatever works, keep at it. I know yes. it's so easy to get so many ideas and like you kind of want to dabble in so many things, but I think 
a lot of the times we just have to stick with what works and just be consistent at that. Yes, absolutely. And then word of mouth too. Like word of mouth is literally everything. I tell all my clients, tell a friend, you know, have your referral programs. When people are excited to share good news, you know, like once they learn something new, they're like, oh my gosh, I went and got my brows done. Let me tell you about this person. So I really, I really try to emphasize a referral as well. Absolutely. One of the things that's made a difference in my business was, I mean, I don't know who people are. So I'm just treating everybody, you know, the same best customer service that I can. And I remember one woman I used to have, she was a black woman. She posted me on her her Instagram and she tagged me and she refers so many other black women. She doesn't even come here anymore, but like her value in that space and time was so high because like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, look at the impact that she made on my business just by mm-hmm. doing that. Like just the yes. little things like that. Like, thank you, girl. Okay, <laughs> exactly. Sometimes it can just take like one person to like bring you so many clients. Okay, so you are working solo. You've been, you're going on, you said you're going on four years in your business now? I reached four years now. Oh, congratulations. Yes. Thank you. No, but uh, yes, you're welcome. (laughs) I don't know if you guys know, but I think it's 90% of businesses fail within the first year. So to reach past the first year and second and third year, like that's a huge, that's setting you apart right there. Already. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. It is a challenge. It's so hard. Yeah. I saw a post on, I forgot what I was on. It was probably TikTok or Instagram. One of the things Um, I saw a post that said like, pray for us business owners. Cause, and it was showing like her beautiful space and everything, but she was like, we are going through it too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like people just look around and they think that everything is perfect and dandy and you're rich. And I'm like, just because you're a business owner does not mean that you're rich. It'd be great yeah. if that's how it worked, but it Exactly. It doesn't look that. Yeah. You're right. It's not as easy as it looks. Okay. Yeah. And that's something I noticed about, I know with my personal experience in beauty school, like I hit the ground running. Like I thought I could just open up my own space. And while well, I was renting a space out of another a hair salon that I don't think was a good match. And I tried to do like facials and henna tattoos and things like that. And I just, I didn't fail, but like, it wasn't the right time. And mm-hmm. it honestly wasn't, I didn't know myself and what I wanted to do yet. So yeah. it surprises me when a lot of people come out of beauty school and they're like, oh, I'm just going to go rent my own space. And I'm like, yay, hashtag solo SD. But do you really understand what's about to happen and what this requires of you. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I'm a huge advocate. And after you graduate, work for somebody. Like don't go off and try to be this esthetician that's really just not ready. It's, yeah, you gotta, I think there's so many things to learn within your first couple of years before you just go off and become a solo SD because it's, you're still learning technique. You're still learning how to communicate with clients. You're still learning your products. You're still learning so much. And I think it's important to, you can make mistakes on someone else's dime. Like you can learn underneath working for somebody, you know, without all the extra things and overhead that comes with running a business. 
Right. Even learning the business side of it. Like one of the things I valued was, I mean, I had worked in retail, so I understood customer service, but working for another wax place and seeing how the front desk ran and how they operated and how they spoke to the clients. I learned so much from that too, because I'm like, yes, by yourself and you, you know, you talk to people, but you have to talk to them a certain way and calling them like, oh my gosh. I don't know if you're in any of these racks groups, but uh, on Facebook, but I don't know. I'm in some of them. Which one are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to name one A and then B, like, I don't remember there's, I'm in so many, but um, somebody will post like a a screenshot of like a text message to a client, which by the way is another topic, but anyway, and then they'll be like, just like, you know, shorthand texting. And I'm like, you're talking about business and you're shorthand texting. Like that's a no for me. Uh, No. Yeah. um, That's just me. Yes, same. Professionalism <laughs> is everything. <laughs> so I'm like, well, you kind of have to, you know, have boundaries there. And that's something I think people don't, I don't know. You don't know what you don't know, I think. Yeah, you live and you learn. You know, every day you're learning something new. And this, for example, like me, I'm not going to get into the entire situation, but I had a situation that with a client that I swore I had like all my T's crossed. I was like very communicative in my from what I thought, but turns out it ended up not being as thorough as I thought it was. And there was just miscommunication. And so now I'm like, okay, like what did I learn from that situation and how can I make sure to avoid that next time? So, you know, you're learning something new every day and don't take it too hard on yourself though, you know, because mistakes are just, they're just inevitable. (laughs) They're going to happen. And I wish I was perfect. I wish I could sit here and say, I'm never going to make a mistake. I've never, I've never done this, but Hey, life is full of mistakes. (laughs) Everyone does make mistakes. Yes. Not be hard on yourself though. Cause in the moment you're like, Oh my gosh, I messed up. Like, Oh my gosh. Like something happened last week for me with that. Like I overbooked one of my waxers and I felt terrible, but I had to realize we have different styles. Like I would be overbooked all the time and I'll mm-hmm. just have to suck it up and just, you know, do it and just get it done. And, but I don't know, like being on the other side and hearing her perspective, I realized like, okay, like I should have just at least asked first, like mm-hmm. I'm not the same as this person and I shouldn't expect the same thing. That is so key. <laughs> yeah, that's a good topic, honestly, to even talk about. Cause... Yeah, working with a team, building a team is yes. skill. Mm-hmm. And learn skill and you learn as you go because everybody's different and I'm mm-hmm. sure you know like you know being a mother having multiple children you can't parent all your children the same way so does that translate into business for you in any way it does it does when it comes to like my clients there's certain clients who I have to communicate a certain way with even though there are certain things like every client needs to know of course like just you know verbatim but when I'm talking to certain clients, I just have to make sure that my tone is correct because people read those undertones. I can't have attitude, <laughs> even though I might have every reason. But yeah, it, it does. I have to make sure that, you know, you talk to your clients in a certain way that they can really understand you. So, yes, I agree with that. That is very true. And that's why that's why I'm not a fan of like just using your personal phone number for business. I think you should have a separate phone or have a separate phone number even if it's a Google number in the beginning or there's apps and technology that will allow you to have another phone number without it being a Google number. So there's so many resources now. Let's touch on that a little bit. Mm. What is your advice on to how to 
implement that because mm-hmm. right now I don't have a separate phone and I need a separate phone. In the beginning, you know, you just starting out, you kind of just use your cell phone, but I have not made that transition. And it's at a point now where I'm like, okay, I need my clients to have a separate way to contact me. Yeah. So what is your advice for that? How do you do that? And do you think the phone should be like left at work? Or do you think you should bring it with you back home? Mm-hmm. You know, all the details. Okay. So I did have the same phone, but what I did was my website has been through Wix since the beginning of time, Wix.com. So my okay. website is hosted through there and they have different features that you can add on to your subscription. So for example, they have email addresses that you can add on so that it says your name at your website.com. And then they also have a phone option so that you can have a separate, you can have a phone number, kind of like just getting a, a fake number. And then it's through them so that I think it asks them to say their name, if I'm not mistaken. So that is game changer because um, I I can set it so that people can't reach me. It won't even ring during a certain time. So it'll ring during business hours or like an hour or however you set it. And then Mm -hmm. when you're not working, typically it'll just go straight to like your voicemail that you can set up and they can. So something I utilized was like, okay, if you can't, I forgot how I worded it, but basically you have reached Brazilianology outside of business hours to book a reservation, go to our website, and it'll give them directions so that they don't just have to leave a message. They can just, oh, I can book online. Okay. And then they'll just go book online. And then another thing is it has a text feature too. So there's an app you can download for Wix. And then it'll like, if I want to text one of them from the app, I'll have to go in the app and text them that they don't know. Like it's just coming from my number. Okay. I really like that though. Mm-hmm. I love how everything's like automated and you have like different options for what you want. I haven't tried Wix before. My website is like through Square, but I've heard of Google, like getting a Google phone number. So I wonder if it's, I guess, just works the same and you can connect it. The only thing um, I like about Google is that it says the Google subscriber you're trying to reach. I'm like, oh my God. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you had to do that. You can record your own voicemail. <laughs> okay. So yeah. I'm going to have to look into the Wix option then. Yeah, okay. I'm a technology or like apps or websites that are all inclusive. Like my book yes. is, I can do multiple things through. And I just, like, I tried to like separate it one time and it was a huge fail and it was just more on me. So like just streamlining it and automating it. That's like my favorite thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thanks for that. Thanks yes. for the plug. <laughs> and I don't know if you, I'm pretty sure you already have your do not disturb mode on or like, you know, a certain setting. Cause I remember, yes. I'll never forget this. I remember when I was using my regular number, I had a client call me at seven in the morning. And mind you, like I never worked until like, well, back then I didn't work till like noon. So she called me at like seven in the morning trying to edit her reservation. And I sounded like I was sleeping because I was. <laughs> I answered it and she was like, are, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know this is your personal number. Are you still in bed? I said, <laughs> oh, get your rest. I'll call you later. And that moment I was like, okay, I need another number. <laughs> Yeah. The fact that you actually even answered the phone while asleep. See, I wouldn't even, I've been like, I can call them back when I wake up. Well, you know, like you said, like in the beginning stages, like when you're trying to hustle and gain as much clientele as you can. Mm -hmm. Just answer. I'll try. (laughs) Another thing that I greatly, greatly appreciate and value is my receptionist. Oh, yes. Okay. 
Yes. And I've talked to so many different people about this. You don't need a receptionist, depending on how big your business is. But if you're working as a solo SD, you don't need a receptionist. But when you get one, the value is, well, first of all, you have to make sure that they do. They know how to talk to the customers. It's a pleasant experience. But like once you have one, it just takes so much off. Not having to answer phones, not having to do confirmation calls. When people are running late, they have someone to talk to versus you trying yes. to sit between like waxing. Yes. It's, yeah. I think that when you're growing from being a solo SE to like having a larger business, I think that you don't have to just do it in one big bang. Like you can just do right. little things like maybe just have someone who takes over your, your books for you or helps you with your books and then, you know, go and hire someone to basically like copy paste, like duplicate what mm-hmm. you do. I think trying to do it the other way around is a little bit tougher because like they might have another style of communicating with clients. I think that when you have that common denominator, which is the receptionist, I think that just makes your brand more cohesive. Mm, I I don't know. I see that. Yeah. Do you think someone should, from going from solo to doing everything yourself, like working out of like a small room, do you think someone should focus on maybe hiring a receptionist first Mm -hmm. or just like someone to do admin work for them? Or do you think someone should hire like another esthetician or the service provider first. It depends on your needs. Cause you know, if you hire someone to work with you, you're basically going to have to double your supplies and your materials and your orders. So you have to be prepared to do that. That's if you're supplying all of everything. But if you hire a receptionist, like your payroll is going to be doubled almost. So it's just kind of like, what are you prepared for? Like on one hand, you could have another waxer working with you and then they're bringing in enough to hire a receptionist. It's like, right. it's like chess. Like you just have to, I don't think there's any right way to do it. You just have right. to ask what the best strategy is for you. That makes sense. Everyone's a little bit different. Yes. Where your needs are the most. Yes. Now, if there's a grant or like a loan involved, you have a lot more wiggle room. <laughs> so you right. do both, <laughs> which is, I, I think is even better. So. Right. Uh, but I remember I, I talked to another waxer in, in New York, Ariel, and she said that she took on basically like an assistant and her assistant actually became the other esthetician. So I thought that was pretty Oh, cool. wow. I've seen that actually happen a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really love that. Yeah, because it's like you get the best of both worlds. Yeah. So what did, what did you end up doing? Did you hire like when you for you? When it, what made you decide like, okay, it's time for me to hire. It's time. Like, who did you hire first? What did you, what was your process? I jumped. This was right after the shutdown and my books were booking up months at a time because everybody was trying to get back to their waxing routines. Mm-hmm. And I just, I couldn't even take new clients. I can only work so many hours a day. Mm-hmm. I just felt like that was the opportunity to take. And it was risky, but like I hired three other waxologists and a receptionist. And it was a big jump. And then the timing was a little, it was like winter time. So it was, it was just, yeah, it was a lot. If I could do it differently though, I don't know if I would. There's risk in everything. But I think just making sure that if you're going to train somebody, having the time to train them properly, you got to account. So that means you'll be able to still, you have to dial back whatever you do. So you mm-hmm. have to be going to make sure that you have the time off from your book's to train them how you want them to be trained. Yeah, that's very key. That is very key. (laughs) It is. I was trying to do all the things because it's like, if I don't take the class, I can't afford all this, but it was a lot. But I mean, it worked out. But what helped me was 
kind of a shutdown because you know they were doing like the PPP loans, so mm-hmm. that was a huge help in my business. And you know, as long as you use it the right way, and you know, you pay back what you need to if you need to, then you're fine. But I would also say, if I could have hired an accountant earlier, I would have. That's probably the first first step. Mm-hmm. That's probably the. <laughs> That, okay, that part. <laughs> I definitely probably would rewind and do that because, man, yes. I hate tax season. Everybody knows this, but I feel like next year is going to be a lot better now that I do have an accountant and I have someone else to look at my numbers and tell yes. me they're unbiased. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. When I got an accountant, it changed and saved my life. Like yes. I was like, I should have did this first. <laughs> okay. Right? People think like, oh, it's so expensive. Girl, it's more expensive if you don't have the account. Exactly. Exactly. You're going to end up owing more in the end if you don't just buckle up and do it. And, but I definitely would do your research on getting the right accountant, mm-hmm. getting a right, the right accountant that's good with small businesses, even one that's even more niche down that does beauty industry specifically, because that would be great. Yes, that's exactly what I did. I was listening to another podcast and she had on a guest who is also a waxer and she was talking about her accountant. So I just went and looked up her accountant and I was, she already works with, you know, I don't know how many other waxers she works with, but I already know she works with this one who is very successful and is, you know, taking the route that I want to take. So I was like, let me do it. And she's virtual. Like she lives in Texas. That's great. Yeah. Yes. That's one thing I loved about post COVID is now everything is online, virtual. There's so many options and stuff now. So it's like you, there are the resources are there. You just got to really just go out there and get it. Yes. I will say though, I don't know if this is like a, such of a thing, but I feel like there's not too many resources, but I feel like there's so many resources that it can make it even more difficult for someone to decide what direction to go in. So many options now. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. You just got to sit down and do that business plan. Because if you don't, you're not going to know what you're doing. <laughs> you just got to start, okay? You got to start somewhere and all the things that you need will be revealed in between. <laughs> like if you don't oh, yeah. know what you need, it'll be shown through the process. All right. So Michaela, what is your next step? now that you're coming up on five years like do you have like a milestone map like okay if I reach this point I'm gonna do this or I'm gonna retire or anything like that do you think that far ahead you know I'm just now kind of starting to like think long term before I didn't but after having babies it kind of like shifted a lot so I hadn't hadn't been able to really dream big in a long time what is next is I have, a, I have a few things happening. I probably will do another Dallas pop-up because I did one in the spring of 2023. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking of doing another one. So many people keep asking me, am I going to go back to Dallas? So I think I'm going to do another one. I just don't know when yet. When you say pop-up, like, okay, are you renting out a space and then like you're popping up and you're waxing? Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But I would love to do something like that. How do you think that you like, you know, it's worth your time and you're, you're making enough from it for it to be profitable. Right. So that's something that I have to really go back and do again. Cause the first time I did it, I don't think I did my numbers right. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but I basically require like a deposit just so that like I know for sure this person's coming or at least I have something to hold on to right. um, just to kind of secure their booking since it's, you know, completely out of my city. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing that I did. Um, yeah. And then I brought all of my supplies with yeah. me. Um, and then as far as like the space, so I actually have a chiropractor that had that I know through my mom mm-hmm. and she has her own like storefront space and she allowed me to use her space for the day. Mm-hmm. so I just go in there I set up all my stuff she has like a couple of rooms so I go in one of the rooms she has like a reception area I like hang out um and I just spend all day there I think my pop-up was from like 10 to like six or seven something like yeah. that so I price mine higher because I'm going to Dallas the cost of services out there are just more expensive so but as far as like specific numbers I really got to dig into it a little bit more just to make sure that it's actually worth it yeah, because it's it's kind of like a trial and trial and error. You know, you kind of have to find what works best when you're kind of doing a pop up. So it was my first one. So you know, <laughs> so yeah, we'll see how this one goes. Oh, well, good yeah. luck! I think that's such a good idea. I love the idea of like a traveling waxer. I think that's smart, and it sounds intimidating just because the first thing I think of is like wax spilling while you're driving, but it, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like the warmer is going to be on. So, yes, yeah. not. Yeah, for sure. And the, and it's actually crazy because the first, my pop-up, I actually had an entire spill happen with like my supplies. So like a bunch of my popsicle sticks, a bunch of my mascara wands, like I was like, this would happen to me. <laughs> so I lost a lot of product or a lot of supplies. So I was yeah. kind of limited last minute. So Bring extra supplies. Just saying. I was say, like, how do you even, I guess just like keep them separate, the backup ones separate and close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And just the casing, make sure everything, nothing's like glass, make sure it's like plastic, that something won't break, things like that. Because my whole entire like acrylic organizer like broke. So okay. yeah, I can see yeah. that. Yeah. But that's one thing that I'm excited about. I'll be offering Brazilian wax training. I just haven't figured out when I'm going to be launching it yet because I'm yeah. kind of working on a couple of things, but. Yeah, so those two things are exciting for my business as this upcoming uh, spring season. So that is very exciting. Oh, good luck. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I'm here if you need anything. And it was such a pleasure connecting with you, chatting with you. And I look forward to chatting again with you soon. I will. This was fun. Thanks so much for having me on here. I appreciate our time together. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, and we can get social too. Follow us on Instagram at WaxAboutIt. Hop in those DMs and let us know what you think of this episode. Or like us on Facebook. And remember, waxing ain't for the weak.